After hearing Microsoft was doing an ad delivery service, Sony steps up and says the same. Plus, Apple is removing old games from the App Store for being old. Tonight is April 24th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right. Back again for yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice of Geeks Network, welcome. Head on over uh, to our chat room. I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vog network. Uh, and uh, and you, so you can join us there if you can. If not, I completely understand. Sunday night is a time to be with family, to do other things. Uh, with your family, and I completely understand. We do have a podcast feed. That's what you're listening on, most likely, uh, hopefully, uh, or whatever app that you're getting this podcast on. It's on a whole bunch of apps, and I don't even know what all they are. Uh, but you can also join our Discord server during the week, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Talk back about any of the topics we talked about here, or even suggest topics uh, that uh, to talk about tonight. In fact, one of the topics tonight came from, uh, came from, came from the Discord. One of the topics we're not talking about is uh, the, everybody freaked out uh, in, in our Discord because Konami was changing their name, and uh, I, they're adding the word Group Corporation to the official business name. It's it's not a big deal. Everybody's like, oh, Konami's killing itself again. No, Konami's just... They're adding more names to the official business designation. It's no big deal. So we're not going to be talking about that, but we will talk about... Real quick, and it's only because I realized this about, you know, 10 minutes ago. Uh, we're 10 years old now. And by we, uh, I, I mean the Voice of Geeks Network, Vogue Network. Uh, I, I looked and I'm like, wasn't it around this time that we did our soft launch? We officially launched the website that's actually still there today uh, on June 1st, 2012. But April 29th, 2012 was uh, the first broadcast on our Shoutcast station. Uh, we had left our previous network uh, because there, there were some changes going on. We both wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, so we, we wanted to try some stuff out that was unable to be tried at that previous network. Uh, some things worked, some things didn't. Uh, but April 29th was the Sunday night uh, that uh, was the first one that we... Uh, broadcast on that shoutcast station that we operated until December of 2018 when we moved over here to Twitch. Uh, so DJ Rama S says, 10 years, where does the time go? Exactly. We're, we were having fun, right? Fun for all these 10 years. Uh, and Tiger Hall says, 10 years went by so fast. Yes. And uh, I've been doing this show for uh, 17, almost 17 years now. I have to do the math. I mean, it was 2005, about a month after iTunes launched podcasting. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it, it doesn't, f- 
feel like I've been doing it almost 17 years, and, and I don't know what I would do with, uh, without doing this on, on Sunday night. So uh, Questbus says, the decade of Vogue, yeah. Uh, we have some great stuff to show for it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very different network than it was in 2012. We were a radio station back then. Uh, we streamed uh, video geek music, uh, so mostly video game music, but we would also have some other, uh, you know, geek songs from geek culture and some, you know, sci-fi TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, we would have a lot of that on the on the rot- network, and that's what would play during the week. Uh, and then we would interrupt in and do live podcasts. Uh, Anime Jam Session was part of that, and we had other pre-recorded podcasts that would air throughout the week. Uh, and, and, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, but the landscape changed a little bit. Uh, internet radio kind of fell out of favor for internet video. And, uh, then, uh, now we're here on Twitch where, where we, uh, stream our live stuff here on, on Sunday nights. So, uh, DJ Ram S, uh, said I could have, uh, sworn the stream went live in February of 2012. Uh, no, it was, it was April. Um, it, I remember it was April of 2012 cause, and I actually found the podcast episode and cause I keep good show notes over uh, on, uh, bobbyblackwolf.com. You can actually get all 804 episodes of this show. Uh, and that's the one It's the first that I actually labeled as the first show on our new network. Uh, the, the, the Bobby Blackwolf show or uh, the voice of geeks network. So it's the first one. So thank you so much. If this is your first time here or your 10th year here, thank you so much for supporting us uh, at any point during this journey that is the Voice of Geeks Network. Uh, as Sharon Matt says, I don't know what my Sundays were like before the Sunday night shows, including mine and Oral Shones Radio. Don't want to think what it'd be like with, with, uh, without you all. Uh, and things are going to end at some point. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, I'm not planning on it anytime soon. I hate quitting. Um, that's a character flaw for me. Uh, so I, I usually have to be fired from something to, to leave it. And, um, uh, I, uh, I hope to be around for a while doing this. Um, but you know, if things change, things change. Uh, and, um, it, it's not a failure if it doesn't last forever. Um, there, there was actually something I read recently where it was like, why, why does something that ends a, a failure? Uh, why not succeed, you know, celebrate the success that it had for the time that it was around. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not ending anytime soon, hopefully. And Questra says things will end just not today and fights the dragon. Yes. So, uh, let's get into some of the news stuff instead of talking about ourselves as much as I like talking about myself. Let's talk about some of the news. So, uh, last week we talked about, uh, Microsoft looking into doing an ad delivery service. And and I'm going to get into why there's a little bit of misconception of what they're talking about, because obviously you can sit there and go, this technology exists. Hey, all these, uh, you know, these games did this ad technology and, you know, it happened and, you know, what's the big deal? Uh, So I'll talk about like where the service is different than the technology, Uh, because you're right. The technology to do this has existed for a long time. But there's a specific market that this is going for that that previous technology was not easily accessible to. But The Verge reports that Sony 
is reportedly working to bring advertisements to free-to-play PlayStation games, according to a report by Business Insider, which is a paywalled article. Unfortunately, the ads would appear in games and are meant to give game developers a way to monetize their work and encourage them to continue building free-to-play games. The in-game ads are expected to launch by the end of the year and would appear in inconspicuous places within a game like billboards. Players would also get rewards for watching advertisements and the ads would be sold through a private marketplace. Uh, sources told Insider that Sony has not yet decided if it would take a portion of ad revenue, but is cur- uh, considering having developers and publishers pay for consumer data. Um, so uh, reports of Sony's plans follow news last week that Microsoft was reporting planning on doing something similar with free-to-play Xbox games, also reported by Insider. Ads in free-to-play Xbox games are expected to ro- roll out later this year, and Microsoft doesn't plan to take a cut of revenue. As noted in this insider report, advertisers may need some convincing to join the program. Ads that appear next to mature or violent content might be a concern, and tracking what users do after seeing an in-game ad would be difficult. The possibility of ads annoying gamers is also a concern for Microsoft, but not necessarily for Sony. Uh, so a little part of some some part of this, obviously, this is still in the conceptual stages. We're not going to see it until the end of the year, uh, but. The the idea of watching advertisements, that's something different in the Sony plan than what's in the Microsoft plan. Microsoft's stated plan is just to have them as billboards or in the background or whatever. Sony wants to have a way to have ads that you could watch that would interrupt your play for 30 seconds. Uh, and and then, then you would be able to continue into the game. And you would get rewards that way. So I can hear and I've heard people say that... This technology has existed forever. You know, EA games, EA sports games have ads. There's billboards already. They have real ads everywhere. And that's not what this is for. Because the games that everybody talks about where those ads already existed are from the behemoths like EA or maybe a Ubisoft or, you know, or or from, you know, Microsoft first party or Sony first party, uh, like Gran Turismo or something like that, where they have entire marketing departments that can go out and sell those ads and sell that ad space. And they have all those departments that do that. What it really sounds like to me that Microsoft and Sony are trying to do that's different, it utilizes the technology that's existed for decades But what they want to do that's different is more akin to Google ads on a website. So we have Google ads on 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 vognetwork.com and I don't go out and solicit people to advertise on the site. Google does that and people buy ads on Google's platform on Google's ad platform and then Google serves it to the website in the area where I say now. This is something that is more accessible to a smaller indie developer that doesn't have an, a marketing department or an advertising revenue department to have salespeople to go out and sell ads because instead they would opt into this service that Microsoft or Sony is providing to provide the ads to them and they just put in the hooks. Just like I just put in the little JavaScript code that uh, you know good good browser trackers and ad blockers completely cut out. I put that code in, and then Google puts in the ad into the space where I decide it should go. And that's what's different from the decades of ad technology and ad serving technology we've had in games is that that was something that was purely managed by the developer or the publisher. 
And this is something where you can be a small indie team of three or four people. You do not need a sales rep to go out and try to sell advertising for your game. You just get this Microsoft service and Microsoft sells the advertising for your game. And you put it in where you want. And then you get a cut of that revenue. And then so it's, it's up to the game developer to decide where and how the ads are shown. And it will be up to Microsoft or Sony to actually sell that ad space. That's where this is different. And I think people were really hung up on the idea that this technology has existed for decades. Why is this news? That's why this is this is news. It's because the technology has existed, but not necessarily the ads to go into that technology, which is great for gamers who don't want ads. But for this to be a viable business model for free-to-play games, which is what both Microsoft and Sony are saying these are for, I don't exactly believe that, but that's what they're saying. That's the lip service. Uh, For free-to-play games, this is another revenue stream, so people can still play the game without having to pay for it. Uh, but there would be advertisements in, in, in the game. And that's how the game developer would get revenue to be able to put their free-to-play game on these consoles. This is how uh, it works on, on phones, on mobile devices. iOS has an ad service. Uh, so you can, you can get your ads through the iOS ad service. And so that's how free-to-play games work elsewhere, and they're trying to bring that to the consoles. Questbuster says, as a small tangent, if I recall correctly, Smite, which uh, being in Georgia, I have to legally, uh, I am legally required to mention Smite whenever it comes up. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's part of our, our state constitution. Smite has an approach where you can click on a short ad spot while waiting in a lobby for more players, for example, and earn currency for game rewards like skins. Uh, and I, and I, I'm, I'm cool with that because that's an opt-in. You click the button. You're waiting anyway. You you can then look at your phone, and you know they don't know if you're looking at the ad or anything like that. Um, you know, so so then you know I, I'm okay with that because that's an opt-in experience, and you get something out of it too. Uh, the breakman says, if I am paying for it, there better not be ads. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm I'm you're you're going to be upset at some point because. Um, I know we've all cut the cord, but cable television has ads. Uh, You're paying for cable television and you get ads on the programming. Uh, You can pay for some of these streaming services and get ads, even though you're paying for it. Um, So uh, I think that eventually this type of stuff, as long as it's in the background, yes, I think that this will show up, especially in Game Pass games. Um. I'm surprised that Microsoft didn't go down the Game Pass route with this because that could be another revenue stream on top of the whatever they get out of the subscription revenue uh, that developers get as an incentive to put their game on Game Pass. Podculture says Netflix is going to have ads soon, but but nobody's going to be watching Netflix at that point. Um, poor Netflix. I wouldn't say poor Netflix. They're a huge corporation, uh, but they're losing a lot of subscribers and they're making a lot of interesting decisions and canceling projects like the like Bone, Bones the the based on the the comic book, uh, that that that's that's been gone. That the creator of of Bone now has had three animation studios pull the rug out in front of under him. So that that was a shame to see. 
Fifth Dream says ad blockers block the ads even on the low tier of streaming services. Unfortunately, I do all my streaming on consoles, so it's kind of hard to install an ad blocker on a console. And Mike Def says Bone deserves better. Yes, Bone does deserve better. Sony's getting into this too. Uh, maybe Nintendo will get into it. I don't know. Um, I, I can't... Like, there are free-to-play games, or as Nintendo calls them, free-to-start. Those are the type of games that are there. Uh, but, but you know, I can see this being a good revenue stream for some developers. Uh, I just hope that they do it tastefully. And the problem is, uh, some developers will place the ads tastefully and not intrusive and you know, uh, you can ignore them and stuff like that. But I know that's not how this is going to end up. And I, I wish I could be more optimistic. I'm not going to bash it until I see it. Uh, but uh, the lip service is great from both companies about them being inobtrusive and only in free-to-play games. Um, maybe maybe they should have allowed me to watch an ad to play Chocobo GP. Uh, that would have been nice. But... Um, this is the future. I'm I'm better with this step than I am talking about crypto and stuff like that. Phoenix seven seven two six says, "Wait, people in the industry lie? Never." I, because I hear this a lot. I don't think they're lying. I fully believe that the intention right now in April of 2022 is that these will only be used in free-to-play games in very unobtrusive manner. The people involved right now fully believe that, and that's the plan. It, the problem is when other people that are not part of the conversation in April of 2022 get into the conversation in September of 2022 and change it. I don't think the people in April lied. I just think that Somebody else came in and changed it. I, I I assume noble intent a lot. I'm sure people in the game industry do lie to, to to our faces. I'm positive that happens. I don't think it happens as often as we think it does. And Phoenix seven seven two six says, "I'm sure enough money could make many of them believe a lot." DJ Romas says, "Sounds like the telephone game gone horribly wrong. It's not necessarily the telephone game. It's just somebody else comes in and changes the direction." Like, they'll bring in somebody new, and they will be like, okay, that's great, that that's nice, but we could do better pivoting this way. And then they pivot, and that's when we say, oh, well, they lied in April when the guy in September is like, no, that was the plan until I showed up, and we're doing it a different way now. So it's not really a telephone game. They know exactly what it was, and then they just they pivot, and they change it for, for myriad of reasons. Some reasons they tell us, some reasons they don't. Something that is also going on that is new uh, in the in industry uh, is old stuff going away, which uh, you can play a Nintendo game uh, on your NES that came out in the 80s just fine, um, as long as you have the hardware that works uh, and, and you have access to it. Uh, you can play Windows games just fine from, you know, 20 years ago. You may have to do some compatibility options, but they still work and they're still available. Uh, but Apple is not like that. The Verge reports that Apple may be cracking down on apps that no longer receive updates. In a screenshot of email sent to affected developers titled App Improvement Notice, 
Apple warns it will remove apps from the App Store that haven't been updated in a significant amount of time and gives developers just 30 days to update them. Uh, They say, quote, you can keep this app available for new users users to discover and download from the App Store by submitting an update for, for review in 30 days. If no update is submitted in 30 days, the app will be removed from sale, unquote. Um, they will not delete anything from the user's device, but you can't get it from the App Store and you can't re-download it once it's gone. A number of app makers like Protopop Games developer Robert Cobway uh, have expressed their concern about the change. Cobway says on Twitter that Apple is threatening to remove its fully functional game Motivoto because it hasn't been updated since March of 2019. Meanwhile, Costa uh, I can't even pronounce that correctly, so I, have, I am very apologetic for that. Uh, the developer of the Flick-type Apple Watch keyboard says Apple took down a version of his app made specifically for the visually impaired because it hasn't been updated in two years. As he points out in the tweet, the once super popular Pocket God app still remains on the App Store, even though it received its last update in 2015. Uh, developer Emilia Laser Walker great last name there, uh, also reported that Apple is removing a few of her older games from the App Store. Several other developers share the same experience, noting that they just haven't had the time to update their apps. Games are not... Games shouldn't be something that is completely updated year after year after year, year after year. They theoretically should be a finished product. And the finished product doesn't need to be updated. And that's how games should be. Productivity apps, apps that talk to a website, sure, you should update those to make them, you know, with whatever new security exploits and stuff, you you know, stuff like that. But a game that is self-contained and doesn't require going out to the internet and stuff like that or only doing, like, minimal stuff on the internet, uh, that should be a contained piece of, of, of software that shouldn't need to be updated. On Apple's App Store Improvements day, uh, page, the company says, quote, we are implementing an ongoing process of evaluating apps, removing apps that no longer function as intended, don't follow current re- review guidelines, or are outdated. Unquote. Uh, DJ Ramas says, I thought they were being removed because the games don't run on newer versions of iOS. I had come across that on Twitter over the weekend. They are also removing games that run just fine on the current version of iOS, they just haven't been updated in two years. And one person was like, yeah, I was able to just add a, you know, Apple Watch icon, and that counted as an update. In 2016, Apple said it would start removing abandoned apps from the App Store. At the time, it also warned developers they would have 30 days to update their app before it got taken down. That said, it's unclear whether Apple had continuously been enforcing this rule over the years or if it recently started conducting a wider sweep. Apple also doesn't clearly uh, outline what it considers to be outdated, whether it's based on this time that has been elapsed uh, since an app was last updated or if it concerns compatibility with the most recent version of iOS. So one of the things that makes this difficult to update a game, especially, and I'm going to talk specifically about games, is uh, technology moves fast. So... When you created an iOS game, let's say you created the iOS game in 2015. You would create it, and let's say you used Unity. I'm going to use the Unity game engine. 
you created it on the Unity that existed in 2015, which was probably Unity version 4. Maybe we had gotten to 5 at that point. I'm not sure. So you created it in that, and then you used a, a version of Xcode in the version of iOS, and that's where you compiled the game to. Well, if you need to recompile your game in 2022, you need a much later version of Xcode, which runs on much later versions of Macs. And if your computer is too old, you cannot install the latest version of iOS. They actually just hardware lock you out of the latest version. So you have to buy a new Mac. And then you have to get the latest version of Unity. And if you've never done this before, uh, it is really, really time-consuming to make a game work with the next version of Unity. Unity changes so many things. It is not backwards compatible. Uh, so you have to completely rewrite entire portions of your game because it won't work anymore. Unity does not preserve backwards compatibility. But in order to build that new version for the new iPhone... And for the new Xcode, you need to use the new Unity that exports out to the iOS ver to the new iOS version. So it's not like an app. Like if you're just doing like a productivity app or something, you can you know build it. And you know, yes, when you upgrade Xcode, you may have to change some things, but not as much as you would if you were building a game in Unity. So even though the game works just fine on the current iOS um it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's easy to update on the current iOS because you cannot submit even if you have the old hardware and you have the old version of Unity and you have the old Xcode you can no longer submit that binary to Apple even though it totally works you have to submit the binary that they want now this is this is this is going to be an issue for preservation a little bit, and I'm not saying that this isn't a problem elsewhere. Um, and you know the the whole problem of going from Unity uh, version to version uh, that's that's for anybody. Um, I made a game for a game jam for Vogue in I think 2014. Uh, I am not even going to try to bring that into the latest version of Unity. I don't think I can because. I never made a version of it that was da like downloadable and playable. It was only playable in the browser, and that Unity plugin is not safe anymore. It's been exploited, and so your browser won't run it, which is a good thing. Uh, but I don't think I can make a new version of it because I'd have to basically rewrite half of it, I believe. So this is something that we're going to come up against with if anybody tries to make an update to a game that they made in engines years ago, because the technology just moves so fast nowadays. So uh, an Android would have the same problem, except you can sideload an APK, the Android uh, thing. So even if Google takes it off of the Google Play Store, you have another way of getting it on the Android device, and it can still work just fine. Uh, so th this is something that would, if Google was forcing you to keep your app updated, this would be the same thing, and they would go through the same hurdles, but you have the ability to just load the APK onto your device without the store. Phoenix7726 says, you can sideload on a jailbroken iPhone. Yes, you can, but a lot of casual players, which are the most people that play mobile games, aren't going to jailbreak their iPhone because Apple 
does sell themselves as the secure device. They sell themselves on protecting your privacy. And so you want to get those updates and jailbreaking your iPhone while legal, absolutely legal. Um, it does jeopardize some of that privacy stuff. So most casual people, uh, which are not the people that would listen to this podcast or watch this on Twitch, most casual people aren't going to go through that. They're not going to go through the hassle of jailbreaking their iPhone and then having to keep the jailbreak current uh, when Apple will just do it for them. But yes, it is absolutely possible to sideload on a jailbroken iPhone. And so that that could be the only recourse, but that does suck for these developers who want to be available to all iPhone users. Their game works, um, but you know they've moved on to other projects. S. Jeremy Matt says, we use Macs for work. They're wonderful machines, but there are some things that are just backwards or over-designed. Um, yeah, I'm actually, uh, you know, kind of a tangent. I am one of the few people at my workplace, at my day job. I'm a software developer. We've developed for cloud software. Uh, so we're not actually building, we're not compiling anything. Everything we do is web-based, uh, and it's all on a cloud platform. Uh, I am one of the few people who use Windows. Everybody else is on a Mac. And it's interesting because most developers, especially web developers, uh, the vast majority of web developers uh, only use Macs. Um, and so it's I, I understand that, you know, a lot of people love Macs. I use Windows. I actually do have a Mac. I've got a MacBook Pro from 2014. And I'm actually pointing to it on the stream. Like you can see this little gray silver thing back there. Uh, and I have that for the absolute times that I absolutely have to use a Mac because we will use some developer tool that just doesn't work on Windows because nobody uses Windows. I feel for the developers that are falling into this because sometimes it is really hard to recompile something you, that was built years ago. Uh, and then when everything breaks and, and a lot of what's going to happen is they're just going to let it lapse because they don't have the time or resources or money to maintain that game. Which, honestly, if you look at it solely from a consumer standpoint, is good. It's good for the consumer because older stuff is getting filtered out. Rob Roberts made a comment a lot earlier, uh, joking, but saying that he wished they would do this to the podcast directory. You know, shows that haven't had new episodes in two years, maybe they should be removed from the podcast directory. Uh, they're not doing that. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that they do that, but you know that would make it so you were getting more current podcasts. Um, that being said, the reason they don't do it for podcasts is because a lot of podcasts do have evergreen content, and so that podcast uh, about that TV show that was canceled 20, you know, 10, 12 years ago, that could be still be relevant to somebody. Um, but maybe having podcasts that are in the top 100 or t ranked, maybe they should be updated more often and updated in the last few years. That's probably where I would, you know, kind of scale back on the podcast stuff. Peleonimea says, reminds me of the continual job to pirate satellite TV that my neighbors would go through. Constant updates. Yes, it's, it's always a cat and mouse game on that stuff. That, that's why I actually don't like, I don't jailbreak any of my devices anymore. Uh, I used to. Um, I didn't even hack my NES Classic or SNES Classic. It's all still stock. Like, I haven't done any of that because I don't want to go through the back and forth of trying to 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 get things to work. I think the last thing I hacked or jailbroke or whatever 
was uh, was a PSP. I had like one of the original PSPs, and it was always kind of a back and forth thing. I wound up getting another PSP just to have it as updated as possible, and then I kept the original PSP, uh, which I haven't looked at recently. It might have an exploded battery. I don't know, uh, but uh, you know, I you know to be able to run like the the side loaded things on the original PSP. Tireclaw says the issue issue is old podcasts are being hosted on a server that somebody has to pay to continue hosting them. Yes, that's also a thing. Maybe podcasts that are no longer hosted, uh, you know, maybe they should be removed. And I will tell you this from experience, they do. Because um, I used to be the station manager of the previous network that I was at before Fog. And as such, one of the things I helped people with was I helped people get their new podcasts onto iTunes which meant that those podcasts were actually linked to my Apple account. And I have seen that the ones that are no longer, like the files are 404 and the, the RSS feed is 404, which is a web speak for unavailable. Um, that, that's what a 404 error is. I apologize for using developer speak. But uh, when, when, the web, when the RSS feed, the podcast feed is no longer accessible, Apple will remove it out of the directory. So I do know that. Uh, but if it's still being hosted... And the files are still there. Yes, Apple will still continually have it on 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 the directory. But they will, if if everything's gone, Apple will remove it from the directory. But if the RSS feed is working, but the files, the MP3 files, are not there, then it will keep it on the directory, and you just won't be able to download the files. And that's that's what happened to me with uh, with the other show I did for two years, Friday Night Gaming. Uh, I had stopped paying for that domain, and that's where all the files were were linked to that domain in the RSS feed. Uh, so I changed all those links to go to a different the site that they're still on because all the files were still there uh, and updated the RSS feed. So if you want to go back, those all those 93 episodes of Friday Night Gaming, they're there, and it's still listed in iTunes. The Rakeman says, pour one out for FNG. Yeah, um, it was a great experiment. Now I'm doing this, which is not really the same thing, but close. So we are going to take a quick music break, and if you want to call in and talk about something, uh, anything going on in the industry or what you're playing or, or reminiscing about the, 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 the ZX Spectrum or the ZX Spectrum, whatever you want to call it, because that turned like a milestone like 40 years old this week or something, so, something like that. Uh, there was a GitHub blog that was posted on, on, on our Discord server about it. Uh, you can talk about that. I never had a Z, ZX Spectrum or a ZX Spectrum, so uh, that's why I didn't talk too much about it. I was a Commodore 64K. But we're going to take a quick music break, and then we'll talk about whatever uh, y'all want to talk about. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash network. You're listening to Bobby Blackwolf exclusively on the Bobby Blackwolf Show, which is exclusive to VOG Network, which in turn is exclusive to VOGNetwork.com. That was YYR, who, by the way, has game on Xbox One now. That's right. Uh, YYR, thank you so much for that bumper. Uh, the, the exclusive to not us. He actually, uh, you know, ex- exclusively gave this news out to Orange Lounge Radio. But YYR, uh, friend of the show, he's done a lot of, uh, does a lot of the indie games. And he did super multitasking and pixel poops and, and stuff like that. Uh, but Falling Plus 
is now on Xbox One, so I, I have obviously played it in. Uh, I've I've played it in 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 my in my theater, and he said, uh, "No, you're not playing it correctly because you're not actually playing the game. You're sitting at the start screen." So I'm like, "Whatever," uh, but but I am best in the world. So it is two dollars and ninety nine cents on Xbox. Uh, it's not on Game Pass, but I am the best in the world at this game. I have the number one score on normal mode. Look at that. See, it says normal. I am the number one score. Out of two. But I am the number one score on normal default settings. No easy mode. No nothing. But Falling Plus, essentially, it's an, it's an old-style arcade game uh, that uh, that has, uh, you know, like ice blocks falling. And you're, you're this, this penguin. And you're trying to kick the ice blocks, the same colored ice blocks together. But these, there are these walruses that don't like you kicking the ice blocks. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's a score. It's a score challenge. It's a, it's a good old style arcade game from YYR. So check it out. It's called Falling Plus. It is available in the Xbox Live store. You do have to search for it. They're not exactly promoting it, uh, because it is, uh, using, I guess, uh, and I don't know the technical details because I haven't talked to YYR about this, but it looks like it's more of like a, a Windows, uh, UWP app, which is like, uh, the universal Windows program. Uh, app, so there's no achievements in it, but it's how you can make an, uh, an an app that runs on Windows and Xbox. It's a universal Windows program, uh, and that's what it looks like this is, because there's no achievements, uh, but you can use the capture stuff with it, and it's got a game card uh, that you can upload screenshots to and stuff like that. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, so if you have $3 on in your Microsoft account, uh, your Microsoft wallet, go pick up uh, Falling Plus. By YYR Games. The Breakman says, walruses don't like people messing with their stuff. I mean, how would you like it if someone came into your home and started kicking your stuff? Well, the walruses weren't in the home. The penguin was in the home. And then the walruses fall down into the hole. And they're like, well, now I'm in this hole. I'm going to just kick these things around, too. And I'm going to kick them at you. And they're pretty mean. The walruses are mean. So if you want to leave a bumper, uh, contact me, uh, either uh, on Discord or on Twitter. Uh, that's um, and, and, Or you can email me, bumpers at bobbyblackwolf.com. Something about coming back to the Bobby Blackwolf show. I will decide what DMCA violation I want to put behind it. Uh, that one specifically is like this jazz, for, uh, a jazz album from the early 90s of where they did jazz remix, uh, jazz covers of the F-Zero soundtrack. That's what that was that was behind that. I don't think I can play the whole thing on Twitch. I don't know what kind of DMCA violation that would be, uh, but uh, I, I could talk over it, and, you, and Twitch doesn't yell at me for it. So, uh, But I will choose what violation to put behind it, and it can be a video bumper as well. Even though we're an audio podcast, uh, video bumper works just fine as well. So uh, one of the things that, uh, that was asked in chat uh, during the break, ZenMonkey11 asked, where can I watch these old Friday night gaming shows? So uh, I've talked about it a couple times, and uh, you can't watch them anymore, I don't think, because um, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the original uh, – yeah, the, the original videos are gone because uh, it was actually – so if you're new – to the show and you weren't around. This is actually how Breakman came into the community, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but in 2009, there was a streaming service called Ustream. It was the competitor to the streaming service called Justin TV, which was renamed Twitch. 
uh, and Ustream.tv uh, had people, basically, they were streaming. That's what it was for. You were streaming. And uh, I decided on Friday nights I would go to a local computer, uh, you know, a land center, essentially. It was called the Computer Arena. And on Friday night, I would basically stream a new game on, on, uh, on, on you know, for three hours. And I would kind of pattern it like this podcast because I've been doing this podcast for four years. So I was going to try something new at that time. Uh, so I had live call-ins. That's where the, the I had a 1-800 number essentially made for that. Um, uh, it was a 1-888-FN-GAME-1, uh, which I continue using for this show. I just took out the FN and just said 3-6-GAME-1, but it was the exact same number. Uh, and it went into it, and people could literally call in while we were on stage, and I was doing it with a, a person who ran a classic game or a, a retro game store, and also hardware did hardware fixes. He would fix the Red Ring of Death and stuff like that. And uh, so I had two mini DV camcorders, uh, FireWire. So I had two different FireWire cards. Uh, then I had another camera that was on this it was a logitech camera that i could control remotely it was like this little ball it's actually like right behind me uh there's an atlanta braves little title atlanta braves helmet on top of it but that's the exact same camera i just don't use it anymore uh and i could control it remotely and so i had two cameras one facing us on stage one facing one that i could control that was showing what we were doing on the table and then i had a camera that looked at the person playing a video game and then we would have i had a capture device that captured the game that they were playing. Uh, and they would play basically the first three hours of a game. We'd talk about it, kind of give a review. Uh, PR people hated it because it was unfiltered. And they, they weren't, I, I was trying to get review copies and they weren't having it. They weren't, they weren't used to this idea. Uh, and I got told how crazy I was for it. And um, I, I, because I was told nobody's going to sit on Friday night and watch someone else play video games. And then, like, when after a couple of weeks, when I added the third camera that showed the player playing it, and I put it in the corner, everybody called me even stupider because now I was essentially taking away some of the screen real estate because nobody wants to watch the face of the person playing in the corner. It essentially died after two years because everybody was like, this is a stupid idea. We're not going to do it anymore. We actually got kicked out of two places. Um, we got kicked out of the computer arena because we weren't making them enough money. They wanted to charge me $500 a week to do the show from there. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of money. Uh, so we did it from another land center, uh, and they weren't interested anymore. And so then we did it from the retro game store. Uh, and then eventually we were kicked out of there and that's when we ended the show. Um, because there, there were other things going on. So the retro game center was like, we don't want to stay open until 11 PM on Friday night. So you got to go. And then, Two or three years later, Amazon buys Twitch for $4 billion, and now there's an entire industry of people doing exactly what I was doing, but I was called stupid for trying it. That's how I was ahead of the time. So it was asked, how can you watch it? We can't watch it anymore. I have all the video files. I've got a hard drive, and I've got it labeled. I know exactly what hard drive it is. It has all the video files, but we were streaming using uh, the Flash video encoder. So it was saving them as FLV files. And unfortunately... While I can access these FLV files, they can load, unfortunately, the audio and video desync. And it's, it's, it's fine in the beginning, but as you get to, like, the two-and-a-half-hour mark, 
the audio is very much behind the video. Uh, and so it's practically unwatchable. But I have all of them, so if I ever did, you know, really care, uh, I could find certain things. And uh, Obi-Wan Chironi says, can't you play FLV files in VLC? Yes, but like I said, the audio and video desync. Because I think what was happening was the audio bitrate was different than the video bitrate. And so after, at like this two and a half hour mark, the audio and video are completely out of sync. It's like 10 seconds off, 15 seconds off, something like that. So, um, but the audio files, we released it as an audio podcast. And so if you go to, and I don't usually talk about my website because I want people to go to vognetwork.com, but this was before Vogue. BobbyBlackWolf.com is my personal website, and there is a thing at the top. You can see Friday Night Gaming in the top bar, or you can just go to BobbyBlackWolf.com slash Live. All of the episodes are there, and there is still an RSS feed, and I believe it's even still in iTunes. You can probably still find this podcast in iTunes, uh, and you can probably listen to all of the episodes there. So... Uh, that's where you can find that experiment, uh, that I would say failed, but we did 93 episodes of three hours each, uh, over the course of two years. So we succeeded for two years until we just decided not to do it anymore. And, uh, Zen monkey 11 says, um, and, uh, audio is an edited version. It's, it's actually, it is edited, uh, in the sense that I cut, it's not edited like I edit this show. This show, I actually cut out like awkward pauses and tech stuff. Uh, that I just, you know, it's the straight three hours. So all the awkward silences and any tech hiccups are in those audio files. So it is essentially the audio from the video is what's on there. Sean322 says the, uh, that uh, they were watching Sean8BitX back then. Yes, I incorporated chat just like. We, you know, ju just like this show, we had the calls just like this show. A lot of the same names are going to be in there. Uh, it was a fun time. So coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash VOG Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And we like to check in with them and see what's going on in their neck of the woods. Uh, as we continue in 2022... Doing what we started 10 years ago, Sacramento, are you there? I'm here, Bobby. I was enjoying listening to you going down memory lane with the FNG talk. Yes, <laughs> it, which was two years before we started this, mm -hmm. which was like 10 years ago, three days from now. Yeah, I had no idea until you said that at the top of the show tonight. Um, yeah. I was thinking about something. My sister, my sister's in town this weekend. I was thinking about something that she said to me the other day about the pandemic and everything and how we've we've all just basically lost two years mm -hmm. um, with the pandemic and, and nobody knows the sense of time anymore. And that's exactly yeah. what I blame yeah. uh, for uh, everything going on with not being able to count. Yeah. No, it's it's like, you know, oh, yeah, last year was 2019, right? No. Yeah, oh. right. But no, it, well, also, you know, it's things have changed and we've kind of gone on autopilot a little bit with Vogue uh, at various times. So that's why it doesn't feel like 10 years. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, because it, we've evolved. We are very different now than what we were then. We had a lot of big ideas that worked for a mm -hmm. time and then didn't work mm -hmm. anymore. And that's mm -hmm. that's not a failure. That's just we we did it. And then we try we're trying to adapt because mm -hmm. we had like 15 podcasts on our podcast network. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. But, yeah. um, you know, then times changed and radio wasn't so much in demand anymore. And it's uh, really hard to convince podcasters to do video. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's 
It is what it is. Yeah. And uh, so now we're, you know, we're trying to pivot to more streaming and we'd like to do some more streaming, video streaming on here. Uh, but we also all have kind of our personal things that we're trying to do. So that's why mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to figure out uh, where, where things are going. Um, so uh, all these ad services that are now being in, uh, you know, Sony's now introducing that they're going to be, you know, pioneering an ad delivery service, much like Microsoft for those free to play games. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on hearing that Sony is getting into this now? Well, not terribly surprising. I think where mm-hmm. one goes and there's money to be made, others will go as well. Uh, I'm surprised Nintendo's not getting in on it too, but they'll probably just lag about four years behind on that. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, I, I was listening earlier when you were kind of talking about, you know, the, the people that probably truly think that it's just going to be, you know, ads that aren't going to interfere and all that stuff. But there's always someone in a boardroom that then decides there's more money to be made here. Mm -hmm. If we just do this, someone who doesn't play video games, quite frankly, very few people in boardrooms, I I really feel actually play and enjoy video games. That's why it's a breath of fresh air. When you, when you have somebody in a boardroom that, that doesn't tend seem to understand gaming a little better, which Mm -hmm. I think Reggie fils was one of them for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, Phil Spencer, uh, uh, a current, you know, head of Xbox uh, really strikes, I think, us all as yeah. that type. But I think there's other boardrooms, um, let's just say Activision, mm-hmm. uh, where you really get the sense that it's a boardroom full of business people, not gamers. Yeah. And so there's ideas that will apply because it sounds good in the bank account, even though in the gaming sense, it's a terrible idea. Uh, yeah. Look at the look at NFTs yeah. and how the heck those are taken off anywhere. You know, it's mm-hmm. silly. Well, Ubisoft, I think, is now advertising that this game will not have NFTs, and they're using it as a selling point. Yeah, we actually have a story coming up on OLR about this Project Q, and it's it's interesting about how Ubisoft is saying all the things that it's not uh, instead of all the things that it is. But maybe Ubisoft's kind of in a place where they need to do that, oddly, mm-hmm. and it's something they've only done to themselves. And I haven't seen that much because, uh, in terms of like new news because everybody keeps thinking we're going to see some stuff this week because PAX East was this weekend. PAX East was this weekend. And, uh, you know, I've heard people that had a lot of good time there, and they they, they mm-hmm. really enjoyed themselves. So uh, great for them. Kudos to them. Um, you know, but I didn't see, like, everybody's like, we're going to see these big announcements at PAX East. And I'm like, you're not going to see any big announcements. And I don't think we saw any big announcements at PAX East. It was just it's they- a celebration of gamers. Very few. Um, there was some news out of Nintendo, but that had nothing to do with PAX East. Um, I would say, I don't know if the news about some of like the ret- some retro revival related mm-hmm. things like um, Shredder's Revenge had some updates. Uh, there's a new print run coming of Battletoads and Double Dragon. Some of that may have been like PAX related news, yeah. but there was no like, oh, probably the biggest news now I think about it was the Tales of the Borderland. Uh, mm-hmm. Tales from the Borderlands sequel, because I think people expect that that wasn't going to happen, yeah. but it appears it's going to. That was probably your biggest PAX headline yeah. there. And I mean, I understand like games were playable there, but it wasn't like mm-hmm. any announcements because like everybody's mentioning the TMNT game uh, mm-hmm. was there. And I'm like, yes, but we knew about it. Like, it's just now it's being yeah. shown and people are playing it. it that's the, different. The voice actor news was the new thing, yeah. which is neat. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, you're right. We knew about the game already. It wasn't a huge uh, change there. But I'm glad to see more events coming back and uh, more events coming back safely. Uh, and I'm happy for the people that, that were there. Uh, I do know some people that went out there uh, and, uh, you know, they, they had a great time. And they were like, I really needed this after two years. Because a lot, for a lot of people, this was their first event. Because the events like that you and I went to, that was a little bit too mm-hmm. soon for some people. And this is finally mm-hmm. the time people are ready to go out. 
I think that's the bigger headline out of PAX is that, you know, PAX East was kind of the first expo to fall because of COVID. And now it's one of the first gaming expos you're really seeing coming back. I mean, it's different. It's with precautions, because if I'm not mistaken, everybody had to be vaccinated, Um, not even test, but vaccinated. And I believe masks were still being used. So it's not like it was it was completely like, you know, like it was Mm -hmm. in 2019. But. Yeah. You know, precautions are precautions. Right. You still got to see people play games and be with your friends at the yeah. end of the day, even if it felt a little different. And, and, and apparently the PAX enforcers did like rigorously like enforce the masking. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that was because one thing I heard. Uh, and I, PAX East actually did happen in 2020 because it was the weekend before. Oh, right, right. But, you know, everybody but was everybody was pull pulling out. out. Yeah. It like Sony awkward. didn't show yeah, up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. a lot of companies pulled out at the last minute. Yeah. Uh, because there was a case in Boston already, uh, so it was there, and so they didn't want to go in. Uh, and but but it still happened. But it was like the last thing that happened right. in the gaming industry, and then everything, you know, everything cascaded from there for the next two years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what else are you going to be talking about on OLR tonight? Uh, let's talk about, ooh, another game that got some news this week, Sonic Origins. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, also, speaking of Sega, some very interesting reboot rumors coming out of that. Uh, in the rumor department, although, I mean, there's screenshots and things to prove it, so I don't think it's as much of a rumor, but the Game Boy Advance emulator that's being mm-hmm. worked on for the uh, Switch Online service uh, might be a lot further along than people think. Um, so could that be something that's going to be a stealth drop this summer? I, I don't think anything's a given. I think these right. things can be worked on years in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably a, a big nothing burger. Uh, but it, if, if that's all, uh, you don't want to talk about rumors and speculation. How about how about a for sure awesome thing that I'm sure is going to be on your shelf very soon, Bobby? Yep. Lego making an Atari yep. 2600 set. I, I was holding <laughs> off on the official reveal before mention before I mentioned that. But yes, it will probably be another. And, and the rumor is. <laughs> It's going to be at the same time as all the Peach stuff coming out because they've already announced that. That's going to be in August as well. So, Who you know, knew? gaming's a big thing for, for Legos. Yeah. Well, big kids. Yeah, because all the big kids that can have all that money to spend on Lego, we all grew up on gaming. So, we're, yeah, we're going to yeah, right. eat all this stuff up. Orange Lounge <laughs> Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Yes, Jeremy Matt says, RIP Bobby's bank account. Hey, I mean, I have an $11,000 pinball machine. So 200 bucks at this point, it's like, okay, yeah. I'm fortunate. I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I am to be able to do this. But yes, RIP my F's in the chat for my bank account because... Uh, I got to buy all the peach stuff for my wife because she really wa- we really want Peach's Castle. She really wants Peach's Castle, but I also want to help build Peach's Castle. You know, none, none, of the, none of this money came from Twitch. So uh, it, it's the, all the money that goes to Twitch goes right into Vogue. I don't, I don't, I don't, this, this doesn't fund any of that. It's the day job that I was talking about earlier that pays for all the fun stuff. It's not, it's not y'all. Uh, so, uh, you can find me on, on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf and that's where, and also on our discord server, vognetwork.com slash discord. That's where you can find out during the week, what we're going to talk about. The big Apple story was actually brought to my attention through, 
uh, the, the Discord server. I probably wouldn't have covered it if it had not been on the Discord server. So thank you so much for that. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but uh, would not be possible without the people who go above and beyond uh, just watching, which is all we really ask for, just watching, just listening, just be participating in any way that you want. But I want to thank Podculture for resubscribing. Thank you so much. One of the early believers of the Voice of Geeks Network with his Podculture podcast and other spinoffs that he does with that. Thank you so much for uh, subscribing for the, for the 34 months that you have, as well as being an uh, early and longtime believer of everything we do here at the Vogue Network. And then Orange Wright resubscribed, and the comment here was great. Quickly updating my sub status so I don't get taken down from the App Store. That's right. I will not, I will not take Orange Wright off of the App Store. Thank you so much for all your support, uh, and uh, thank you for being here. So um, I will be back next week. And uh, hopefully I won't get taken down off the app stores until then. But uh, I, I, I should still be here. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys. Or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.